back to the second and final leg of the Serena Morales Marathon. In the first part, we talked about her story of how she got into sports journalism, but now we're going to pivot into the music side of things with a little more sports talk, and we're going to finish it off with something that is far more important than anything on the show so far. You know, I feel like this would be a good time to transition into your latest project, which has nothing to do with sports, but a lot to do with talking, which is called That's What They Said. It has no connection to Michael Scott and his patented That's What She Said phrase, Mm -hmm. but it is a podcast of your own that you're trying to start. And if you like the 90s, then this one sounds like it's for you. Yeah, That's What They Said is a podcast that I am launching next week uh, with my buddy who went to Syracuse as well, Scott Spinelli. And we, I used to be, funny nugget, at Syracuse University, I was a radio disc jockey for the local radio station, Z89. I was DJ Juice in the Cuse. And um, I would, I was running the hip hop show, the Danger Zone. And it was like Friday or Saturday nights from seven to nine. So like that perfect pre-gaming space where you're like, I'm just, I'm listening to my hip hop. I feel good. And, you know, I would take callers and it was, it was so fun. And I would find all these sorts of music. And I grew up listening to music in my, my family very much through all sorts of music at me. So uh, that being said, you know, thinking back and when I put on like the nostalgic nineties music, if you will, I'm like, what in the world lyric were were they saying and we start we we pre-recorded a few uh to get things going but like a dmx song and we break down a line in a dmx song we break down the backstreet boys we have a list that we're gonna get to uh usher in sync mandy moore like all sorts of big pun you know so we're gonna tackle all the questionable lyrics of your favorite songs. And uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. They're quick. They're short, under 20 minute listen. And we'll be starting that next week. And it'll be a weekly podcast. I can't wait to listen. I already was privileged enough to get that little DMX preview. But, (laughs) you know, being on the West Coast, doing a bunch of long drives, I just had 13 hours in the car over a four day span this last weekend. And I was getting, I was just running out of things to listen to. So (laughs) it's like the perfect addition to my life. Just what I need. 90s people, 90s kids. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you're not even a 90s kid and you just like the 90s stuff. Uh, Yeah. And honestly, if you have any ideas for Serena, you should uh, find me so you don't flood her inbox and then I'll relay the information over. But I think that'd be a good way to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Any suggestions and songs that have questionable lyrics, send them Greg's way via me. And just to clarify, is this like strictly the years of 1990 through 1999? No, open to all. I mean, we'll hit Migos. I'm sure we'll hit, you know, any anyone and anything is open to interpretation and and breaking down. So like Frank Sinatra you know, unit Beatles, Rolling Stone, like anything, all of it. Panic at the Disco is one of them. Like it can't can't be like Jay-Z's excessive ad-libs. 
No, it's got to be. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, it, it was, it's really the questionable lyrics. Yes, that we're breaking down. But, you know, if if he is, you know, ha -ha, you know, those like, uh, you know, maybe it'll be like too many times does Jay-Z just laugh in this song? And we're curious why it's technically part of the song. So we're open. I feel like this is like a modern poetry exhibition here yeah. in a really cool way. Yeah, we're breaking down Shakespeare via musicians. Yeah, but I would say don't send Serena in Shakespeare quotes. Like, let's keep it to the, the music Please. genre. Yes, yes. And it's fun. They're supposed to be fun. Again, Mandy Moore, you, you wouldn't even know. You'd be worried about some people. You'd be like, this is, this is bad. This is questionable. How did someone write it? Because a lot of times you had artists who don't write their own lyrics. Also, you have like five writers on a song. Ruben Stuttered. We do a Ruben Stuttered episode. I mean, it's all... The variety is wide, <laughs> wide ranging. Can you name what season of American Idol Ruben Stuttered was victorious in? Season oh, two. She's good. She's good. <laughs> season two against Clay Aiken. Clay. Aiken. Yep. 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 Yeah. Our family started watching the year uh, Jordan Sparks won. I think she was 16 when she started the show. Okay. Yep. So. There it is. See? Yeah, I, I and then we, we had to stop after, I guess it came back, but when it like ended the first time and then it went from Fox to ABC or whatever it was. And, it was like, see ya. Yeah, and then I was like, I should probably just like become an adult now anyway and it's move fine. forward. That's fine. I mean, yeah. that's good. It was good while it lasted. It was, it was. And there were two like legitimate stars or two oh, yeah. stars who won the show, I should say. There were a couple others on the side but kelly clarkson and carrie underwood went on to have like very real careers so carrie underwood is like the nbc like sunday night football tune i mean she is the person for that which is crazy is she still still that person i think so well we'll find yeah. out this coming season but last season she was yeah, uh, she was for a while. It was like yeah. Faith Hill and then Carrie You're Underwood. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Kelly Clarkson has her own talk show now. She still sings. She's on every Wayfair commercial I've ever seen. So yeah, big careers, multiple things. So yeah, just got to win American Idol. Kind of like you who has multiple things going at all times. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Let me just run a marathon. To that point, I decided to train for the marathon because I was like, well, I want to be a, a reporter, a sports reporter. So I should figure out like what it feels like to push my body in crazy ways that I didn't think I could, you know, like I was wanted to, and I wanted to be able to relate. So I think that's part of the problem sports reporters, they, they, they have not physically experienced how exhausting it is. Like going, we were talking about crying earlier, like athletes crying. I cried at the end of the, the marathon, because I was just so exhausted and it's so anticlimactic to, to finish. And then you're like, wait, where's everyone cheering? No one's cheering. You just walk through this, like, because there's a line and you finish and there's thousands of people that run this race. So you're slowly walking to get your medal and to get your stuff and the water and a banana. And so I'm just sort of like slowly finishing being exhausted. And then like, Oh my God. And you just start bawling because you're exhausted and you're excited and you're just all sorts of things. So I was excited to like train for that and understand how some athletes 
go through this sort of um, mountain training schedule. Like you'll see like a LeBron James do that sort of thing where, you know, maybe he peaks at a certain point defensively more than in the beginning or later on in the season, he's got to rest more. Um, but, but athletes also kind of do that. So, you know, I felt it was valuable experience for me to gain some sort of extra knowledge to help me be a better sports reporter. No, that's a really cool perspective. I mean, as much as I was making a joke out of it at the beginning, <laughs> I think the idea that you want to kind of like understand the psyche and get into their heads a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it helps just even that much more in your line of work. So, uh, God, it. maybe I need to actually like Everyone's when this stops, start. I need to hit stop on the recording, throw on a nice workout shirt, dump the hat and just, you know, run a cool 10. Yeah. Just no start training. Deal. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like all of it, like the marathon training, like you have to stick to a schedule, like training camp for players. Like you can't just like skip out on a certain day and then suit up, go into pads and play on a Sunday football, which is why, you know, I'd love to talk to Eric Weddle at some point about how he was able to just come back onto the Rams and help them win a Super Bowl. I, I know for a fact that he was training that entire time. And there was sort of this like you know, off the record conversation between him and McVeigh, like, Hey, if I need you, I'm going to call you. And he was ready. So he stayed ready, but that's a very unique thing. Like you can't just jump back into it and get into football shape or get into the shape. Like I can't just run a marathon tomorrow. I have to run three miles every day for a week. And then I increase to six miles and then I increase to 10 miles and you need to run a race and then you peak, but you never exhaust it. You never really run a marathon while you're training for a marathon. You only do it the day of the marathon because you don't want to exhaust your body too much. And it's all just, so it was kind of like, I was like, what way not being a professional athlete, can I experience what it's like to be a professional athlete? And I, I mean, I ran a four hour marathon, which is pretty fast um, for someone who's never run a marathon before. So yeah, and I couldn't even run two or three miles on a treadmill, you know, like this was not something I wanted to do. I hate running like on a treadmill. And then I was able to run like 16 miles on a treadmill one day. Cause it was snowing outside. And I was like, crap, I have to train. And so I ran on a treadmill for, for, for 16 miles. Jeez. To train. Wow. Yeah. But you get that dedication. You get that sort of, I have to do this. I have to do this in order to hit my goal. And then when you achieve getting to the Super Bowl when you achieve running the marathon and finishing it. I mean, it is sort of like, holy cow. Like it's just, it is really exciting. It's cool. So yeah, I do recommend, you know, or putting your body through some sort of physical like endeavor that takes time to build, I think is really where I feel way more connected to an athlete now after experiencing that. Well, the other really prominent example if we're talking about the Rams and Eric Weddle is also Cam Akers who was a member of the team but tore his freaking Achilles in July and then even when there were reports of like oh Cam Akers might come back I'm thinking like what for like three snaps a game right and then you saw him actually running getting like real handoffs and running real routes up the middle and everything and I'm like whoa that's kind of intense to uh, it's one thing to uh, just be in that kind of shape. But when you're out of shape for so long and suffering yeah. such a gruesome injury to come back and have yourself prepared to take real game snaps in a way that's not uh, any higher risk than anyone else on the field was mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous. 
I know him. I mean, the running backs coach, Thomas Brown also hurt his Achilles in a practice and he was rolling around like speed racer. And then now, you know, it's running like normal. I'm like, it's that whole uh, team under Reggie Scott for the, for the Rams. They do miracles. Honestly, it's pretty crazy. No, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, maybe the Ravens could use some Reggie Scott with how their preseason went this last year. Would love Lamar Jackson. Like he should come to the Cardinals because he would run. He, you know, he kind of runs like Kyler Murray. You know, you could pop, put him in there. Not that I don't want him on the Ravens. I also want him to get an agent so that he can not do this contract by himself because that seems very overwhelming. But respect the man. One of the best to ever play. Oh, yeah. I mean, you already know how I feel about Lamar Jackson, so I'm not going to spend the next five minutes (laughs) talking about how much I love that man. But Uh, when the when the the last thing I'll say before we move on is that when the Ravens had that comeback against the Colts mm -hmm. on, I think, Monday Night Football, one of the primetime games this year, it was like 21 to three or maybe 21 10 at this point late in the game. And I turned to my roommate and was like, I'll 100 percent take the Ravens to finish this right now. And it happened. It was insane. It was insane. Do you have a favorite football? Like, do you have a favorite game? Was it was it the Bills Chiefs game? We were texting a ton during that game. Or the Vegas Raiders Chargers game? Well, that game was fun for a variety of reasons because we had one of our friends who's a Raiders fan at that oh. game in Vegas. Then his roommate, who we're also close with, was in our living room watching that game as a Chargers fan and so there's just all this conflict I probably wanted the Chargers because I wanted to see them in the playoffs but I didn't really care they could have they could have made the playoffs someone just had to take a knee let the time run I know I know and um and on top of all that you had Chris Collinsworth mentioning the prospect of a tie like every eight seconds Mm -hmm. and the Chargers season was over seemingly eight times before they converted another play so uh all of that was pretty unbelievable probably my favorite game just in the objective sense but I did like watching the Bills just absolutely smack the Patriots too oh yeah that was fun after they they lost to the Patriots the first time in the freezing cold where uh Mac Jones only threw the ball three times yeah that was that was a really (laughs) annoying game I was like I hate this game so much that was a pretty bad game. Oh it's pretty terrible. Uh, All right. So, you know, we always end the episodes on our shout out to segment, but mm-hmm. uh, you kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, the world is in a rather dark place. And Serena and I have sort of collectively decided that we want the shout out segment today to be strictly devoted Uh, to ways in which you could take action following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I have things that I'm going to say in a bit, but, you know, I don't want to be the one to speak before the woman when they should be (laughs) the ones who have their voice heard more than anybody right now. And so, I mean, I don't know what you had prepared or what you want to say on this topic, but I want to give you the chance to go first. Well, I'm excited that you have some thoughts. So that's great. Because I think one of the things is that men really need to, and I've said this many times in general, but like, we always are like, oh, women are cheerleaders. But like, I think men really need to be the cheerleaders because 
women, I mean, there's no baby formula. Like there's so many things that are lacking for women. And now with the fact that these, the Supreme court decided to reverse this is insane. And there's a lot of States that are deciding, Oh, we're going to put this into action right now. Uh, so because you do do shout outs, I will say shout out to all the companies who have done something to at least help employees, women, families who have decided to go ahead with an abortion that they will pay for some sort of help financially to get them to a state that will give them an abortion, which is very helpful. I love and 1000% support Planned Parenthood. Um, I have donated to them in the past. I would say that is probably the most direct way. They are so, um, they're a great organization. They have helped me in the past when I couldn't get to a gynecologist. They'll take anyone, whether you have insurance or don't have insurance, they'll, you fill out a form and it'll say, you know, how much money do you make? And they'll give you, um, they'll, they'll take your salary down and they'll get, say, we could do this service for this much. Cause at times in my life with all of the jobs I've had and didn't have, I didn't have insurance at some points and Planned Parenthood will get birth control, all that stuff. So I really am a huge advocate, fan, supporter of Planned Parenthood. And that's really um, one of the best places that you can support um, women during this time. And also you can sign petitions. There's a ton of them uh, floating around the internet. Make sure it's a .gov or org not some weird petition that just takes your information and then you get scammed. So look into that. But that being said, there's a ton of petitions out there that are also trying to at least cause some uh, uproar to the fact that this is just really not okay. But so shout out to companies that are at least doing something about it. Shout out to Planned Parenthood because I think they're the number one place that women have uh, help when it comes to abortion rights, um, uh, parent plan, planned parenthood, parenting, um, family, all that stuff and birth control for women. Um, and yeah, and then sign some petitions and just shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Poor thing. It's just like rolling in her grave and just shout out to her because I, I think she's very missed right now. <laughs> yeah. I think you speak for many, many people <laughs> when you say that one. Um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. It's inspiring to see a lot of people outraged by this decision, but I don't want to spend the remainder of our time just talking about how heartbreaking it is. I really appreciate everything you just said, Serena, you know, and at some point words are just words. And I'd like to use the shout out segment to point to a few ways in which we can all take action. So the first one is uh, if you go to the site act.plannedparenthoodaction.org slash events, I will be including these links in the uh, episode description. Good for description you. You gave a so, specific link. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's a website that will direct you towards various events on the Planned Parenthood website. So this includes protests, uh, virtual information and discussion sessions, uh, volunteer shifts, and virtual text banking. And in addition to all this, you can find the nearest local groups and all you have to do is enter a five-digit zip code. You know, from there, the site does a great job of directing you toward getting involved. The second thing I'd like to mention is if you go to www.abortionfinder.org, it will give you the most up-to-date information on abortion care. So by simply entering your location, 
age and the day of your last period, you can find results for abortion providers offering in-person and virtual abortion services plus information to help you prepare. Uh, it also will provide a state-by-state -state guide in indicating abortion restrictions. Um, the third thing is what you touched on, Serena, which is, you know, I understand that donating is not always the most feasible option, um, but if that is something you choose to do, there are a couple of region-specific organizations that have caught my attention. So one is the Yellowhammer Fund, which mm -hmm. focuses on providing reproductive rights to Alabama, Mississippi, and the Deep South. And another is the Lilith Fund, which supports the right of all Texans to make their own reproductive choices, regardless of their income. So I know that was all a lot. I will be posting those links into the episode description, like I said, so you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you may be accessing this podcast. I promise that I won't be another person just saying words. I mean, this is a time where we all have to fight for one another, you know, woman or not, minority or not, impoverished or not. So that's how I want to close out this episode today. Go be a cheerleader. And uh, Serena, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Shout out to you. You're, you're one of my favorites. Um, and so I appreciate you. Also, shout out to Michael Silver, another favorite human of mine. I'll be listening and then he'll give me a shout out back sometime. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to be on potty train. Like this, this is great. Like, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, for the record, this only happened so late because I saw how crazy your life was for so long. So <laughs> I had to pin you down the second you had a little bit of like, I don't know if saying downtime is appropriate, but yeah. relative to the rest of your life, downtime. Quick question. Where did you come up with the name Potty Train Me? That's a really good question. Uh, the <laughs> guy I originally started the show with, my good friend, JJ, aka Jonathan P. Jenkins, uh, we were just coming up with a lot of different names. Originally, we had it as Potty Trained with this kind of idea that like, oh, you listen to the show and you're going to be trained to start your own podcast because we're going to be so good at it. Uh, somehow that evolved into like potty train me, which I just thought was a little funnier for some weird reason. I love it. Yeah. I've been, you... I've been, I've, I'm potty trained. I'm, I'm ready to go. Now she's ready to so go. So is Biggie. Biggie's been potty trained for a while. So this is good. She's the funny part is like, if you search up the podcast, anything oh. that is in association with it is just like, you know, mothers who have had their first child. Right. And <laughs> it's like, you know, the other day, like to, if you're going to potty train your child properly and meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile I'm out here talking like, yeah, you know, Lamar yeah. Jackson is fucking awesome. Right. Right. That's what's so funny. Like, I'm like, where did this go? speaking of Planned Parenthood, you know, like you get mothers and we're all trained just shed all over me. That's great ridiculous i gotta come i gotta come dog sit that little fella you do there's there's days if you want them they're yours oh biggie i'm coming she's like thank goodness that's translating i'm just translating for now well you know i'm glad that you can translate your own pet i can't understand my own dog half the time but um <laughs> i wish i had those powers but all right well we're gonna have to do this again because that was just killer and um yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to, to you.
because you're great. Oh, stop it. Are you making me blush because you know this is on video right now? <laughs> yes. That is ridiculous. All right, well, I'm going to stop the recording before it gets any more red up on my face. Uh, <laughs> last I checked, I got to go run a marathon, so th there's no time <laughs> to waste here. I'll be running out the door shortly, and uh, you know, don't forget to check out those links that we mentioned just a few moments ago. Just one more,